Welcome back to the TGI Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and just like that, Christmas has ended. How is that possible? How is that possible? It has come and gone so very quickly, but have no fear. We are still here at TGI Podcast to provide you with a little bit of nostalgia the best that we can. Now, with the major Burr Month holidays now off the books... We're going to turn to the next big event, and that is, of course, New Year's Day. And when it comes to the world of TGIF, it was not easy to find an episode to cover for this week's podcast, but we are heading back into the world of Full House this week. And also, make sure you stick around to the end of the episode so you can find out what the future plans are for this podcast, how we're going to go into the new year, what the plan is for the upcoming months, what we're going to do over the summer, and of course, before we head back into the Burr months in 2021. Now, on to Full House. Since we have already covered Full House a couple times already on this podcast, back with a Halloween episode, back with a Thanksgiving episode, so I'm not going to go over my personal history of this show, I'm not going to go over the cast of this show, we will bring up a couple of the newer characters that are in this episode, but other than that, we don't need to really dive into that, because I think at this point, you guys already have a pretty good idea of my thoughts on Full House. Now this episode itself it's titled Happy New Year. It is from the fourth season of Full House and it debuted on December 28th 1990. And it makes sense that there would not be a lot of sitcom episodes focusing around New Year's. Part of that reason is a lot of these shows stall out right before December. You don't really see a whole lot of new episodes in December or maybe first couple of weeks of December and then they go on a holiday break. So it makes sense that some of these shows wouldn't have a New Year's episode. And I imagine it's a lot harder for networks to get eyes on their programs in late December with such a focus on Christmas and such a focus in normal times on sports and football and basketball being really popular at this time of year. So I understand it and that makes sense as to why it was a little harder to find an episode. But in this episode itself, we get a little bit of a cold open that has almost nothing to do with the episode itself. It looks like a nice bright spring day in San Francisco. Now I've never been to San Francisco, but I would imagine that in late December. You're not always wearing shorts and a t-shirt outside, but that's what they're leading us to believe here. In the episode, it opens up. Michelle's in the backyard, and she has a bug on her hand, and she asks DJ what the bug is, and DJ explains to her that it's a caterpillar, which Michelle says a caterpillar is an ugly bug, and I gotta agree with her on that one. I don't think anybody's ever looked at a caterpillar and said, wow, that caterpillar's really pretty. And DJ explains to Michelle that the caterpillar will turn into a butterfly soon, which gets a classic No Way Jose line from Michelle. So on this podcast, we gotta love it when we get a No Way Jose reference here. And DJ says it's just like when the princess kisses the frog and he turns into a prince. And Michelle then tells the caterpillar... You're not going to be turning into a butterfly anytime soon because I'm not kissing you. Everybody laughs and we get the opening main credits of the show. 
Now, the next scene, it opens up with Joey, and he's on the couch, and he's calling up some women. He's trying to find a date for New Year's Eve, and he's got out his little black book type of thing, which was always a trope in a lot of these sitcoms. A guy's black book, his address book, of all the ladies' phone numbers. But Joey's trying to find a date, and he calls one woman, and you find out that she is married. And I have to point out what Joey is wearing in the scene. And this may lead to the fact as to why Joey has not had very many dates, or why he doesn't have a girlfriend at this point. He is wearing a button-up shirt, like a light blue, not quite denim, but a light blue button-up shirt. He's got the top button buttoned, and it features a family of ice skating elephants on it. And they sort of look like the character Babar. It was just funny to me. My sister and I used to watch this Babar movie. Babar, Babar, whatever you want to call him. And it just immediately made me think of those. But anyways, Joey, right after he gets off the phone with the woman who tells him that she is married, Jesse and Becky, Danny and Cindy come home from from a double date. And I had to do a little bit of research on this because I remembered... Cindy but not a ton of it but she did have a little bit of a small arc on the series as Danny's girlfriend I think she was the first girlfriend he has in the series so it's the first girlfriend he has post his wife dying in a car accident and she was played by Deborah Stipe and I'll give a little shout out to her because she's a local of this area she's from Evanston Illinois so I'll give her a little quick shout out for Evanston for whatever reason Now, back to the, to the scene itself, they, they start prodding Joey to see if he's found a date yet to, to the big New Year's party that's going to be at the, the broadcast studios. And Joey notes that he, he's yet to find a date, but he still has T through C left in his little black book. He seems kind of down. He seems a little down and a little, little depressed, to say the least. And I get it. It, it makes sense to, be, to feel a little bit left out come New Year's when there's all these different couples and everything. But he decides that he, he's going to give it another go. He's going to give an, uh, another woman a phone call here right in front of his friends. And then he finds out that the woman is now a nun. Then he makes a, a joke about skipping the party and going to mass. Ha ha ha. Everybody laughs. End of scene. And I will have to say, I got to point out, that at this point, the Tanner house, it's still pretty decked out well with their Christmas decorations. They still have a big tree up. There's garland all hanging around. I can't really tell if there are still gifts under the tree. So I don't know when exactly this scene is supposed to be taking place. Whether it's just a couple days after Christmas. Because, let's face it, if you're looking for a New Year's date and it's a day or two after Christmas, you're you're sort of already a little hard-pressed for what's going to be going on. But I, I will give them credit because I do like the way that, that the decorations and everything are still up in this actual scene. After that scene, we head into DJ and Stephanie's room. And it opens up with a great shot of Comet the dog. And he's got a dog treat on his nose. And he's sitting and waiting patiently right before DJ says, Okay, you could get it. And he scarfs down the treat. Everybody claps. The, the girls are all excited. And I got to give a shout out to, to Comet, the dog. Awesome dog. The dog is awesome throughout the series. He made It's made me want to get a golden retriever just because he's just such a cool, laid-back, fun dog. But at this moment, Kimmy from next door, she shows up for her one very quick scene here in this episode. And she invites DJ over to a New Year's party. And she says that her parents, and particularly her father, said she could have 
She could have people over as long as they're close personal friends. And she hands DJ a flyer to this party. And she says she says she's going to hang up these flyers all over so people will end up coming to her party. Kimmy, she's already on her way out the door. She's going to go hang up some of these flyers and dish out flyers wherever she can find people to give them to. And Stephanie points out to DJ that you can't go to the party. You already have to babysit me and Michelle. I'm sorry, that's just the way it goes. That, of course, gets DJ upset and she starts yelling for her dad. The girls are yelling too because they want to hang out with DJ on New Year's Day. So as DJ comes down the stairs to sort of bail on having to babysit her sisters, Joey ends up telling her, look, I'll babysit the girls because I have no life and I have nothing going on on New Year's because, again, he he tried calling another girl ends up being her mother, doesn't work out, so he doesn't have a date. And at this point, we have Stephanie trying to explain to Michelle what New Year's Eve is all about, because Michelle's pretty young in this, probably about three-ish, I would guess, three or four. And Michelle is asking what New Year's Eve is all about, and Stephanie explains, it's look, it's an awesome night, because you get to stay up late, and you get to yell at the top of your lungs, Happy New Year. And then that prompts Michelle to start saying, Happy New Year, Happy Happy New Year! Happy New Year! And this is basically what she says throughout the remainder of this episode. She just keeps repeating it over and over and over again. And Stephanie turns to her, she's like, it's not New Year's Eve yet. Why are you doing this? And Michelle's like, I know, I'm just practicing. Then Jesse, he's in, he comes into the living, or into the kitchen there, and he's talking to Joe, and he's, and he's explaining to him, he's like, look, I'm, I'm pretty bummed out, man. I'm, I'm sorry that you won't be able to come to this party which I don't understand why he can't just go to the party by himself, but maybe it's a couples only type thing. I'm not sure. But Jesse's pretty bummed about this whole thing. And this is when we start to get the wheels in motion for Danny and Jesse to do something to, to help out their buddy. They just want to help out their friend and, and, and make their friend happy. So in the next scene, we find out that Jesse's devised a plan to get Joey to make a tape for a video dating service. And boy does that date this show. And, and for those of you who don't know. Video dating services were like a much slower paced version of Tinder. For online dating of some sort. You basically submit a video. You talk about yourself. Others could watch it. And then I think they would basically make a tape of a group of other people who wanted to meet you. And then you get their phone numbers. And then you could exchange and figure out whether or not you want to go on a date with somebody. And and I have to admit, truly, it was an invention ahead of its time. It sort of cleared open the path for things like Tinder or things like some sort of online dating where you can chat with somebody and you could get you could see them and learn more about them. So I give him props for that. Now Jesse, he knows that Joey won't willingly be on board with this idea. Which, I don't understand why Joey wouldn't be on board with this idea. He already seems pretty desperate up to this point to find a date. I mean, he pulls out this Rolodex essentially to find out or or to just find anybody to go on a date with him. He even was flirting with the mother of the last woman he called to try and see if she was available. So, I don't buy the idea that Joey would, wouldn't willingly be on board with this. But anyways, they're up in... The attic, which at the time was Joey and Jesse's studio, as they were part of like a production company. I remember they used to do jingles and things like that. But as they're up here in the studio, Jesse decides he's going to hide a camera in this 
board, this poster board for a toothpaste, which is so clearly a camera. There's just a hole, a large, large hole in this poster board. I mean, it's painfully obvious what's behind it. But anyways, they're able to trick Joey to come upstairs, and they tell Joey it's an emergency. So as Joey is running upstairs to make his way to the attic, Danny and Jesse start recording themselves. And they're talking about how great Joey is, and how he's a hunk. And Danny's like, if I was a woman, I would definitely be attracted to Joey. And at that moment, Joey finally makes his way upstairs, and he has sopping wet hair, he has shaving cream all over his face. And he's like, what is going on? Why? What's the emergency? You got me out of the shower. What's this emergency you said I had to come up here for? And they're like, oh, well, we have uh, we have a new chair. And I want you to uh, sit down in this new chair and try it out. And so as they are talking, or at this moment, they're talking up Joey and fixing his hair, trying to make him look better. And they're talking about how good he is as a comedian and he owns half of this production company and all these different things before Joey is pretty freaked out. And eventually makes his way back down the stairs. So again, how he didn't figure any of this out with this camera hidden in plain sight. And with the emergency being him needing to check out this new chair. Obviously the whole thing was a little crazy to begin with. But anyways, the next scene, we we have Danny and Jesse and they make their way downstairs to Joey's room. Which, I always thought Joey's room was cool. When his room was down in the basement slash garage, they they turned that over into his bedroom. It was big and huge. Just, like, a cool room. Which eventually got turned into Jesse's music studio. Like, it's a shame that Joey never got to keep what was rightfully his in that regard. But anyways, they make their way downstairs. And they, they reveal to him that they submitted a dating video. And Joey was not happy. He felt like it was a violation of his privacy and all these different things. And I understand that. And he says, how dare you subject me to this kind of public humiliation without my personal consent? And Jesse's like, yeah, but I got a video here with a bunch of women who want to meet you in real life. And he's like, okay, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, 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 show me this video. So then we have them watching some of the submissions the first one's a a, an attractive woman talking about the different things she likes doing and then she reveals she's 2420 years old and from the planet something or other and they skip ahead to the next woman and she's kind of creepy looking or whatever you want to say in this regard and joey's just like come on like this is just crazy why are we doing this And, and joey's not about this and then he he hears this woman on the tv a woman named christine who talks about how she wasn't gonna do this but her family set this up for her as a christmas gift joey's like whoa i'm all about this woman and he picks up the phone and he immediately calls her and he asks her if she has any new year's plans she says she doesn't and he invites her to come over on new year's eve and he'll make dinner for the two of them even though he has to baby because he has to babysit the two girls and joey even jokes at the end of the scene that he thinks he's already in love with her so he is hitting the ground running joey is all about this woman all about this woman after just seeing a very brief clip of her on tv and talking to her for about 20 seconds on the phone and she was just like yeah sure okay Like, that's what's funny to me, too, is they didn't even have a conversation. It was just, hey, this is Joey from the video. You want to go out on a date? Yeah, cool. Okay, bye. 
at least in modern times now, you have the ability to text someone and try to get to know somebody a little bit better before you go out on a first date with them. But I guess the the early 90s were a wild time and you just sort of went with the flow of things. Now the next scene, it opens up and we have DJ, she's bartering with Danny to let her stay out until 4am at this New Year's Eve party at at Kimmy's house. But of course, they go a little back and forth and they settle on her being back at 12.30. We also get an appearance here from Cindy's troublemaking son, Rusty, who will be spending the rest of the night with Michelle and Stephanie. Rusty was a funny character because he was just like this terrible kid. He was a terrible kid in the few episodes he was in. He was just doing a lot of bad stuff and the typical type of boy trope you would have in these types of episodes that he comes from a a divorce. I believe Cindy and, and his father were divorced. So it just sort of plays out that way that he's just this like troublemaking kid. And Rusty then suggests that he's gonna kiss Stephanie at midnight. He's like that's what happens at midnight. You gotta kiss somebody. And and Stephanie is completely grossed out. Completely grossed out by this this statement. And then here we get Michelle again coming in to the scene just going, Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. And finally, we have Jesse and Becky. They're there and the couples are getting ready to leave to go to this party. And Joey comes in and he's got all of his groceries for dinner. And he's super excited. Just super excited for this dinner and this date with this woman. And and Jesse tells him, you need to sort of temper your expectations here a little bit. Because you're already building up Christine to be the love of your life. And and you need to caution yourself. Because there's no guarantee there's going to be a love connection here. But just then, because the front door to this home is wide open for whatever reason. And you would think, but Danny's standing right there. It's a very dad move to be like, why are you leaving the the front door wide open? But no. So Christine walks in and Joey is just smitten by her. And she seems pretty smitten by him as well. And I will point out, Christine is played by Yvette Napar, who is most known for playing Detective Lisa Madigan in RoboCop, the TV series. She was also in RoboCop 4. And she was also on 21 Jump Street as Jackie Garrett. Never seen any of those. I looked through her IMDb. There was nothing else about her that stood out whatsoever other than RoboCop, the TV series, and 21 Jump Street. Back to the show itself. The next scene, we have Joey and Christine. They're just connecting on every level. They lo- they both like to roller skate. They both like the original Rocky, Rocky and Bullwinkle show. And Joey just can't get over the fact that they have so much in common. And he finally leans in and gives her a kiss. And then he backs that up for whatever reason with another Bullwinkle reference. And so we head into the living room now. Next scene, it's just, we find out it's just three minutes before midnight. Rusty, he's spraying banaca in his mouth to freshen his breath. He's putting chapstick on and he's, he's, he's being, he, he's really playing this up to Stephanie at this point and he keeps looking at Stephanie very creepily and kind of winking at her now Joey he walks in and he walks over to Michelle and Michelle's dozed off and he kind of wakes her up and he's like hey it's almost it's almost New Year's and then at this point DJ she comes in and she's got her friend Ricky who's the paper boy who Ricky showed up in a few other episodes of the series itself as well and we find out that DJ's back because the Gibbler party got broken up and we find out there were over 400 people at this party because Kimmy was putting these flyers up all over the place and then we also get Danny and Cindy and Jesse and Becky they all come back And they walk through the door and they say they left the party because they wanted to spend the big moment with their family. Which I have to admit, I found it sort of funny. 
because I never really looked at ringing in the new year as a family thing. I guess when I was younger and around that age, we did more of that. But once I probably got to junior high level, it was all about spending that night with your friends. So I did think it was kind of weird, but I get it. They have to have this sort of moment in a sitcom like this. Now, as everybody is counting down 10, 9, 8, we see Stephanie pull out this huge onion. And she takes a big, massive bite out of it. At this moment, the clock strikes midnight and we have Danny and Cindy kiss, Joey and Christine kiss, Jesse and Becky kiss. Michelle gets a kiss from Comet at this point. Then Rusty basically leans over to, to Stephanie and says, I was just kidding with you the whole time. I was just working you up. I didn't want to get, I didn't want to kiss you. And then Stephanie, after having taken a huge bite out of this onion, says, Happy New Year. And then plants a big old kiss on Rusty. And Rusty is like, whoa, whoa, what, what is going on? I never wanted to kiss you. Oh, gross, gross. And then at this point, this is where Michelle sort of becomes my spirit animal <laughs> in all of this. Because once she finds out the midnight hits and it's over and she's like, the party's over, but where's the cake? Where are all the presents? And Becky points out, she's like, that's... That's not what you do on New Year's. There's no cake. There's no presents. And she says, quote, I stayed up all night to kiss a dog. This is nuts. And that moment was very funny. It was very funny. A very kid reaction. Because it is one of those things, the older I get, the less important New Year's is to me. It's literally just another day. Maybe a nice dinner at home or something like that. But it doesn't mean the same thing to me that it meant years ago or meant to me and in my in my 20s it's it just it never lives up to the type of hype that i've probably only ever had a handful of really memorable new year's eves in my life the, the rest of them are all just okay just kind of a regular night we probably stayed up a little later than we usually do and that's about it but now the next scene this is where this episode just jumps into jumps into craziness in a sense and it involves Joey and Christine. They're outside and, and they're going back and forth about how well they've connected with each other. And Joey's already like, 1991 is already the best year of my life. And it's just a few minutes past midnight. And Joey is head over heels with this woman. And she seems to be pretty head over heels with him as well. And Joey suggests they just drive to Tahoe and get married tonight. And Christine is surprisingly all about it. She's like, let's do it. Let's do it. She's like, I'm going to go home and pack, and then I'll be back. Joey's just over the moon at this point. He heads into the house, and Danny and Joey and Becky are all in there, and they're telling him, dude, you're being crazy. You are being straight up crazy. You met this woman hours ago, and you want to get married. And Joey, he, he just doesn't understand. He's like, why can't you just be happy for me? You, you've been saying that you want to help me find the love of my life, and you want to help me find a woman to marry. Well, I found her, and this is the woman I want to marry. And then the more they try to talk to him a little more, the more he realizes like he realizes like, whoa, I don't know anything about this woman. This is a terrible idea. And then we get a knock on the door and it's Christine. So they go back outside and they start talking again. And they both come to the realization that this decision is super crazy. And they obviously need to learn more about each other. Joey doesn't even know her last name. And that's the end of the episode. And what I found hilarious about this whole thing. Now, I've seen this episode. I've seen many episodes of Full House in my life. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I've ever seen Christine again. And I looked it up and she does not appear in any more episodes. None. No mention of her. 
None. So what happens? Why don't we get more on the Joey Christine love story? Why did it not work even though the two of them were obviously, clearly falling for each other very hard? And poor Joey. Poor Joey finds a woman who is very much into him and they have very much the same personality, yet it was all ripped away from him and we never hear from it ever ever again but anyways that's the end of it that is happy new year from season four of full house overall i have to say i enjoyed the episode and i enjoyed it due in large part to some of the old technology like the video dating service stuff to me was just funny thinking about how that was an actual literal thing that people did and i'll also give this episode high marks for still having the christmas decorations up and as i stated before there are not many new year's eve episodes from from sitcoms in general i know there are probably more out there but i did want to keep this within like the true tgif canon so i give it credit for making it feel realistic because i think it'd be really easy to just do a new year's episode out of the blue but they they put the effort into putting up the decorations and things like that which makes sense because people still have their christmas tree and christmas decorations up come the first uh the first of january so so i liked that element of this episode just as we do every week on this show and that we've been doing for the last few months is i like to determine whether or not an episode is a holiday classic and i give it either a you got it dude or no way jose and for me this week i'm giving this a you got it dude this largely gets a you got it dude for me because of the scarcity of other episodes around this holiday so that did factor into this now i'm i very rarely am seeking out some sort of new year's eve content to watch but if i were i would go for this and as i mentioned before i give it credit for the ambiance working well with the with the christmas decorations still being up and it also has a nice little countdown midnight scene the stuff with michelle's very funny very relatable at the end of the that's it this is it this is new year's this episode wraps up the month of december for us and i have to say i have to give a big thanks to so many people for their support of this podcast along the way. It was an idea of mine in September, early October. It came to fruition. We did some Halloween episodes, some Thanksgiving episodes, Christmas episodes. So I have to thank you all for the support up to this point. And I also want to thank my friends Ben and Scott, as well as Anthony from Tis the Podcast, for being guests on the show earlier this year. And my hope is that we're going to get many, many more guests lined up for next year and beyond. And speaking of next year, here's what to expect from the podcast in the future i have thought a lot about how to approach this podcast moving forward and i've realized that going with one holiday episode a week throughout an entire year is going to be pretty difficult so i have what i think is going to be a pretty fun approach to 2021 so beginning in january we'll be doing at least two episodes a month and the idea will be to focus around the season and the events of that particular month now january for example it will focus on winter snow days things of that nature as well as football while february will center around valentine's day episodes and then when we sort of advance into the year we're going to do some easter episodes come april and may also do some baseball centric episodes to kick off the baseball season we'll head into the world of salute your shorts for some summer episodes i want to do some of those classic shows we were all watching in the 90s during the summer and then we'll also do some of the disney theme park episodes of various tgif shows we had full house and family matters boy meets world they all did these disney world disneyland tie-in episodes so i think that would be perfect for the summer as well and we're also going to do a christmas in july later this year well the month of july we'll have a bunch of christmas episodes a christmas episode a week and we'll use that to 
maybe land in some other areas that aren't exactly TGIF centric. And then once September hits, we're going to start dipping our toes into Halloween episodes that month. Uh, Also, obviously throughout October, we'll also have Halloween episodes. But then once we get to November, we're going to split that up between Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes. I know the appetite for Christmas episodes will be there come early November. So we're going to sort of mix and match a little bit that month with both Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes. And then obviously December is going to get jam-packed once again with a bunch of Christmas episodes. So I'm really looking forward to that. Now as a preview for the upcoming month of January, we will be dropping a brand new episode from Everybody Loves Raymond called Snow Day from season six of the series. That will drop on January 5th, and then we will close out the month on January 19th by looking ahead to the Super Bowl with an episode titled Monday Night Football from Season 2 of How I Met Your Mother. thank you once again for all of the incredible support throughout this past year. It's been a ton of fun and I cannot wait to keep this going into 2021. So I hope you all have a very happy new year. The TGI podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Urich. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Urich and be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.